I love underdog movies because I like to see someone get a chance, get an opportunity that they shouldn't have. And again, I don't know why that's such a big thing for me, but maybe I've felt like an underdog in my life. You know, maybe there's things that, you know, I felt inadequate or I, I didn't measure up or I needed someone to believe in me. It's so true. J-Mac loves the underdog. He always has. It's really why he left a corporate job to volunteer in Lima, Peru. And it's why he feels so much about helping build a bakery, a business to support families who've really been tossed aside. We talked about it at the end of episode two, how excited J-Mac is to let us listen into a call he had with Xavier and the bakery team. Cancer got in the way of J-Mac being there in person for the grand opening, but Cancer cannot stop the connection to the dream that's finally happening. My goal was to be in Peru to see the bakery open. And we had like a, we had a date like in the first part of May. And then when I had to come back at the end of April, um, you know, I knew I wouldn't get to physically be there to see it happen, but um, I wanted to see these guys get this, especially Sabier, the guy that it was in his heart to like open this bakery, not just for himself, but to really, to really serve the community by giving a lot of other people a chance to have jobs that could really sustain them. And so we had this call and the call was, um, it was like a video call. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah. I'm happy to see you too. Whoa. That looks incredible. And he wanted to show me like everything that they had done in the bakery since I'd left there. Show me around. Like, I want to see this. This is like, okay, this doesn't look anything okay. like what I saw before. We have our flour. We have our sugar and salt. Look how the, the glass looks right now inside the bakery. And you guys have uniforms on. Look. That looks great. Wow. <laughs> and he wanted to show me, like, here's where the bakery was. Do you remember when you were here last time and we had this wall put in and we started working on the tile over here and we had, you know, the the start of the, the wall over here? Look at what we've got now. And I'm, And he's walking me through the bakery and I can feel his enthusiasm and how excited he is. And it's touching me because I'm so, I'm so inspired by watching him be inspired. Are you selling cookies, galletas, torta, pan? We are selling cookies and bread and cakes and different type of cookies. And we are going to sell the chocolate cake uh, cookie. Chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chip cookie from United States. This is international. <laughs> <laughs> When I'm there with Xavier, I, I want to see him get like what I would hope this bakery would be and would do. And he's taking me through and he's showing me like all the equipment that they've got and the completed display cases and the menu boards hanging up and all the tiles in place. And, and this place that looked like a vanilla shell last time I was there, where I was able to do some painting and some things, but it's incredible. Um, and he's so proud of it. He's so excited about it. And it represents so much to him. So Jason is in Atlanta dealing with all the ups and downs in this fight against stage four pancreatic cancer. 
the bakery guys are all in Lima. That video call brought them face-to-face to celebrate together. But it was even better because J-Mac's sister-in-law had just gotten back from a trip to Lima. She brought a care package back with her from Xavier, a sample of some pastries and bread, and two gifts. One of them was something Xavier held onto for years, something that represented hope. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Beta, Beta has something for you. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I love this. You are part, you are part of that, that brothers. Yes. You are brothers bakers tonight. Now, this really touches me. This is yours, isn't this? At one point, um, he tells me that he has something for me. And I don't, I don't know, you know, what it is or, but someone on my end comes around the, the corner with a bag and I take out like two things. One thing is this brother's bakery hat that he has picked out for me that he, he has me put on and he's telling me like the name of this is brother's bakery for a reason. And you're part of it. You know, you are one of the brothers in this bakery. And, uh, that means a lot to me, not to necessarily be part of the bakery, but to be part of what God is doing with them. I mean, I love those guys and, you know, I want to see them successful. And the other is he takes, there's this, it's like a steel rod and it's a, it's a rolling pin that he had bought years ago. Um, he had a, a dream of having a bakery and you know how sometimes when you have a dream, you know, some of us might start a hope chest or something and it might seem so impossible because you've got like this one thing that you can afford like a rolling pin for, I don't know how many, 20 soles maybe, but to open a bakery, which is going to cost, you know, over a hundred thousand sole. Who knows? Like, I mean, I don't know what the total price is going to end up bringing in at, but he's never going to be able to do that. And he's taking me through the thing that was an impossibility for him. And then he tells me, I want you to have this. He gives me this thing that was like the seed of his dream. Like the thing that he, he started with the, the thing that he would have held on to, and God made it happen. God introduced him to people. He put people in his life. He healed him from some physical ailments that he had. He and his wife, you know, they couldn't have kids and they really wanted to have kids. And, and God took care of that. And they have a, a little girl. And, and so I'm watching him take me through this. And then he gives me this, this rolling pin that was like his inspiration to, to, for the for the original idea of having the bakery. Isn't this what you held on to? That touches me a lot. I really appreciate you and your friendship. And I'm so happy for what God is doing with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing him do a lot. And you're going to open a lot of brothers' bakeries. I love you, brother. I love you too. J-Mac was practically glowing during the video call, a huge smile watching Xavier's dream happening right in front of his eyes and to get to be a part of it all. Like he said, he's always wanted to see other people have a chance in life. Xavier and his wife Joanna are the same way. 
Sure, the bakery was always their dream, but it was never just about them. It's always been about helping people around them, too. It's why Xavier wanted to give J-Mac that rolling pin. He'd held on to it during some really hard times, and he hoped it would encourage Jason now to remind him of what's possible. That's what's really in his heart, is to help people. Um, I think that's the thing I heard him say is, I don't want to just open a bakery. I want to help people. I want people to have opportunity. I want people to be a part of it. And that's part of why it's called Brothers Bakery. But there's a lot of people that'll be a part of this vision and this dream that God's given him. And it started with, with this. So it's really an honor to have that. There is something about holding on to hope when it seems totally out of reach that J-Mac is really in touch with right now. For him, it can seem impossible that he'd be able to get back to the bakery to keep helping out, but he says he is holding on, believing it can happen. After all, he's watching what was once unthinkable unfold right before his eyes. And I just see that these guys, these guys are flying. I mean, they're they are experiencing their dream and it's just the way God's made me. I don't know. Like there's something about that that really has always inspired me to see God move for people and to see a story that he's written come true and to see someone's life changed. I can't explain. It's just the, it's just something in me that just loves that. I just love that. I would, I could watch and listen to stories like that all day and to be a part of one is really incredible. God willing, I'll be down there at some point to go into their bakery and buy something from them and eat it with them and enjoy and go back there and watch them baking in person. I've seen it over the video, but it's my heart to go down and see it in person too. You got to see Xavier and Joanna's like before and after, because for people who don't know them, I mean, the rolling pin was maybe their only possession. I mean, this is a couple that was struggling to know how they would eat day to day. I mean, the bakery was not even on, couldn't possibly be on the radar. Well, when I met Sabir, it was at, um, new, it was at a new year's party. Yeah. And they, they came and, um, I remember Sabir, I remember like there was something, some physical ailments that he had because he didn't look healthy. I mean, he looked, you know, breathing, he had some trouble with his breathing. And, um, and I remember seeing, uh, Joanna and I just could tell, like, there was something about her. She just was real quiet and shut down. And I remember thinking, gosh, I wonder, you know, like what's, what's happening with her, like what's going on in their life. And, and Asabi here was, he was, he's always been like a really outgoing guy. And, um, in this, this, New Year's Eve party that we had, you know, it was, it was fun. And we ended up talking afterwards and he just felt like there was something different about us. I found out that he and, and Joanna lived above, they lived above like a paint shop. And if, if it's like a one room, you know, like, I guess like an apartment, like, you know, down there, things are a little bit different. Like you might have one room with like a little Bunsen burner stove and a fridge and that's it. And a mattress on the floor. And I'm not sure all of how theirs looked, but the thing I do remember is that the smell from the shop was so overpowering that to like be in there was like breathing those fumes. And I thought how that must have been impacting his health. I mean, he already had some health problems and they, they were just like hanging on by a thread. 
um, you know, they had worked in some jobs, like one of the ways that they had made a living, or I guess if you can call it a living, was they'd worked in a bakery. And so he had learned how to bake and she had learned how to run the front of the house, but they were paid, you know, next to nothing, you know, like probably, I don't know what we would say, maybe 10, 20 bucks a day. And so, um, so they really were scraping by and, you know, in Peru for some of the, from some of these people, if you like a lot of the jobs, like people would have, like people coming from Venezuela would be like a seven day a week job. If you, if you skip a day cause you're sick or you take a day off, you just get fired. And so some of the people, I mean, they would be working just for days and days and days and days and days. And you could see the toll that it was taking on them. Um, and to see like where Xavier and Joanna were that night, especially Joanna, she was so just, she looked like life had just taken its toll on her and just so like down, you could just feel it around her. And, you know, you could feel the weight that was on him and to see where they're at today, his health has changed. He is a healthy guy. Like this thing that was going on with his heart is, is no longer happening. Um, his breathing has changed. Um, he's lost some weight. He's, he's happy. He's like, he has a different outlook. I mean, he feels God. I mean, he's, his heart is opened up in a way that it was, wasn't open before Joanna's heart. things that they, they have like, they want to do for other people what has happened for them. I mean, it, it has, it's incredible. It is like, it's a miracle. That's what God does. Like he, he takes a person or people in a situation and he works on them and changes them. And they are not the same people today that they were the night that, that I met them. Xavier and Joanna are just one example. J-Max says he's seeing so many transformations in people's lives while volunteering in Peru. Incredible stories, incredible people. I've gotten to see people's lives change in dramatic ways. Um, I've gotten to see, you know, families come together, um, babies come forth in couples that weren't supposed to be able to have babies, um, people restored in ways. I mean, they're coming from like a really broken system where they're coming out of Venezuela and they have nothing. I mean, except a suitcase and they're crossing the border and they're trying to find a new life. And the new life they're trying to find is, is elusive because they're, they can't really make any money. And they're just stuck. And these people come in and they have such hearts and they're, I mean, I've, I've received a lot just being down there around them because there's a, a level of humility that life has given them and that God has allowed them to experience that's made them so down to earth and so real and has allowed God to really change their lives dramatically Seeing those powerful changes for others has been life-changing for J-Mac, and J-Mac's motivated to keep fighting his battle with cancer so others can keep fighting to get their opportunity to live too. When I watch, you know, someone forgiven, you know, they think they're the worst person. And, you know, God just comes in and loves them in a way that they never thought possible. And it just it changes who they are. It just changes them when you see it, like physically change someone. It's incredible. And uh, that's some of what God's allowed me to see down there. 
And part of that is, is watching people change individually, but part of it is like helping them like get a life started and helping them carry on what's happening with them so that there's someone else out there that needs it. There's more people that need a chance. There's another really incredible and unexpected part of this story. They named the business Brothers Bakery International because they all feel close like brothers. And that played out when the guys, the ones J-Mac went to Peru to help, helped him. That same drive in Jason to make a difference is in all of these guys too. And then it's amazing because when you started feeling sick, some of the guys there started walking you through your process because they had some experience in medical fields and things like that. They were there with you on the very first inkling that there could something was really wrong. Yeah, that's true. And when I started to realize something was going on with me physically, like one of the first things I needed to do was get labs drawn. You know, that was going to help people back here that I was talking to on our medical team, you know, help me make some decisions. And so there were two guys, um, Onhill and Angelson. And these guys, like, they kind of took charge of the situation, like, hey, we need to get J-Mac out to get some labs drawn. And, like, it's something about these these brothers down there. Like, when they find out that they have an opportunity to do something for someone or to give back, I mean, some so much has been poured into them and God has done so much in them. Like, they are, I mean, they grab it. And I, I mean, these guys were on the phone making calls. All I had to do was basically wait they had a cab ready. They had like the place picked out. They're both going to accompany me there. When we get there, Onhill's going to wait outside in the parking lot because they don't let one person in. Even actually in Peru, they're pretty strict about the quarantine. I don't know how Angelson did it, but he, he came in with me because I don't speak Spanish that well. Like it's one thing to speak some everyday Spanish to get by. It's another to go into a medical clinic and try to communicate with somebody. Angelson has a medical background. Onhill has a background um, as a veterinarian, so he understands medical terminology. And these guys are going to take me and make sure that I get labs done, come hell or high water. And they did. And and Angelson took me in there and he talked to the lab tech because I've talked about like, you know, the thing with needles and stuff. And here you are in a foreign country with someone who doesn't speak English and they're going to stick you and take take labs. And... Angelson was perfect. I mean, he's talking to this lady and, you know, she's asking him, well, where, where am I from? And, you know, he's telling me she wants to know where you're from. And so he's engaging me to distract me from what's happening. Anyway, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience. And so the two of them, and then the next, um, like two days later, they take me to get, um, to to get uh, ultrasound, ultrasound done. And, and that's how, um, Angelson was in there with me when I was getting my ultrasound and he and the ultrasound tech are talking in Spanish and he's relaying that information out to my friend, Robert, who speaks English, who's relaying it back to Laura and Angelson's background is he's a radiology tech. That's what he was trained in, in Venezuela. So for him to be there and to be able to go through that experience with me, I mean, that was like, it saved time. Practically speaking, because when they do the the tests or the labs or the readings, you know, they've got to send you that information. It could take hours to 24 hours 
he's talking with, I mean, it sounded like two colleagues talking back and forth and he's relaying all that information back to Robert. And I didn't even need to go and get the MRI because the, I think the tech told him he should go get an MRI after this, but we already knew what we needed to do. And we knew that I was going to come home at that point. But you know, those two guys were like, I mean, they walked through, I mean, that's, I don't know where to go and I don't know my way around Lima. That's a big city and how to get and how to navigate that system. So it was like all these people working together to make this happen. J-Mac will be the first to tell you he's received way more than he's given. People might look at me and say, well, you've, you've done so much, you know, you've, you know, you quit your corporate job, you went down there, but I, I feel like I've done so little compared to what I've gotten in return, just experiencing what I've seen, you know, it's changed my life. It has, you know, I feel like, you know, I went down there to help and I feel like I've gotten more out of that experience than I've ever been able to give. Honestly, I feel so blessed and honored to be a part of it. It's really incredible. A quick update on Brothers Bakery. This is what it sounded like on opening day. And they were off to an incredible start. A second location is opening soon, and they'll be employing 23 people when that happens. Other families who didn't know how they'd feed their children or how they'd get by day to day, they're going to work for someone who cares about them and treats them with dignity. Of course, you can always learn more about JMAX cancer journey on jmaxdreamteam.com. And it's been another big week. JMAX started his chemo treatments. He's been sharing pictures and posts of that process and his family on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Mm-hmm.